You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Here it accounted for. Sawiti Cup. Hello. <laughs> That's hello and tie. I'm learning a little bit. Yeah, see? That, what was it all? Sawiti Cup. Sawiti Cup. That's hello. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sawiti Cup to you, too. So, all right. We got, uh, we're, we're live from Minnesota. And you're live from? Thailand. I actually found some some interesting information out uh, the last couple of days. We went to a Pai, a little village, three hours away from Chiang Mai, and a uh, really neat village area and uh, surrounded by mountains. But uh, uh, I was with two uh, other people I met at my hotel and then a local, and uh, she's been living in Chiang Mai for 10 years. Guess how much she pays for rent for a two-bedroom home, um, full kitchen, bathroom, you know, parking, that's uh, 15 minutes by uh, moped to uh, the city center of Chiang Mai, the second biggest city in Thailand. Uh, boy, of course, it's a trick question. So um, 400 bucks a month. $150 a month. $150 a month. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. What, can, can Americans go there to retire or not? Yeah, you can get a retirement visa or, I don't know, some sort of special visa, then stay here for... You know, until you die. Um, a lot of like British people do it. Um, Australians. There's some a visa. What would, we, what would we be missing from USA? Yeah. What would we be missing out on if I if I said Andy said, "Hey, I'm going to retire and I'm going to go live in Where's Chris and pay 150 dollars a month for rent." What else would I what What would I be missing out on if I didn't live uh, in America? Wine is a little more expensive than European standards because they're import tax, but you know, Buffalo Wild Wings maybe not as good. Uh, other than that, I think you're doing pretty fine over here. Really? I mean, it's just your people back home. Yeah. yeah. What is Andy playing Batman or something over there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at him. Hey, this is good. Oh, there we go. What is it? The AP is back. Yeah, unfortunately. We actually have some sun out today. I see that. And where's that sun coming from in your direction, Andy? Is it right from the, that way? Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm just looking. Usually for you right in the now. mornings it comes out of the east normally, but you never know. <laughs> I didn't know which way it was east in your house. Is what I'm saying. I'm trying to coordinate with you. So, yeah. So okay. I'm, I've got a skylight above my head. I have to keep closed and uh. I'm trying to face you right now. The morning is actually, you know, the uh, probably the sunniest time of the day in my office, and then at the very end of the day. I have just the sun blast right through these blinds straight at us. Nice. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about a two bedroom, two bath, nice kitchen, 15 minutes from the city center for $150 a month. And I was trying to figure out how we could go retire there. Just imagine, I mean, how much money would you need? I mean, do you, do you even need $10,000 a year, Nick, to live good there? I mean, well, the locals do it underneath that, but uh, I know that I met some old um, British dude that was retiring in, uh, and he was spending, he got a pension of 1100 he would spend 900 a month. 900 a month. So yeah, 11 grand, 11 grand a year. And that's not local. That's like a, you know, a Westerner. So they obviously have a better way of life than a normal local. But I think a lot of them get by by off like 300 a month. What about like health insurance and stuff? Yeah, I mean, Medical. they have socialized stuff, and their private stuff is, like, I think the sixth-rated best in uh, the world. It's actually really good, Thai um, healthcare. But, again, like, the socialized medicine is not – I don't think it's, like, you go in today and you get an appointment. You have to wait a little bit. But for the most part, that's one of the best things they say about Thailand um, is their healthcare. Andy, the market is uh, rolling. Yes, sir. It's rolling again. I, I knew it was rolling when I watched a little video the other day. There's an Andy Prasky guy on there and a couple other people talking about inspections. And uh, it was, I, I watched the whole thing. 
And then I was going to comment on it, but I did. I saw I we had one view, so that must have been you. It was me. Okay. But I refrained. I refrained from – does that – does the comments go just directly to you? They don't go to, like, post anywhere, do they? It says to reply uh, to Andy. A lot of times they do th – there's multiple people that see that, and they have their eyeballs on that. I uh, okay. I apologize. I have not probably read your post yet. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't post it. Because I was afraid oh. it was going to other people. Because you does, were talking yeah. about that you did you had no ego. And it was like, I'm like, what? No ego? Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who said I have no ego? You did. You said you about your team and that, you know, hey, there's no ego. I don't oh, have an ego. Yeah. It goes to each other. And I'm like, Yeah, you have you have to fake that at times. Yeah. You, you <laughs> have to, you basically have to uh it with, with any kind of a team. With the different personality types, the old being the dominant uh, bear doesn't work anymore. Coming in there and rawr. So it's like I've I've literally checked that. Yeah. You're going to make phone calls and text today and sell stuff. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. So what I do is a lot of times I actually, my old grandma, years ago, she looked at me and she says, you talk too much. And I said, oh, yeah? I said, oh, yeah, Grandma? And I was ready to say something smart like I got it from you. She goes, God gave you the right equipment to use in proportion. And I said, oh, yeah? She goes, you have two ears and one mouth, and you should use them proportionately. Wow. I said, ah. Wow. I have to use four ears when I do my team stuff. Wow. I think you you have to almost you have to get an ego to kind of kind of exceed in this business though too, in a way. Yeah, you know I think so. And then you know the other side of it is, you know maybe what I I should watch the video. Maybe what I was referencing was when it comes to interacting with each other, like um, being egoless, like being there as a resource, not as a personality. Maybe. I don't. I guess I'll have to watch it again because I, I tell you, when you're out in the field talking to customers, they want you to have an ego. They want you to have that confidence in that, you know. Because I mean, that's that's what we get paid to do, right? You you were talking about having the ego of like a team, and that you're the team leader of Andy Prasky, a preferred home team, and like you didn't have an ego over the other agents that work with you, right? That's that's what you were talking about. So you and I are I was, similar. That I was just I gonna say, what happened? What I've been on the radio with them for eleven freaking years. I mean, well, I kind of learned that from you. I mean, the old, uh, I'd rather have somebody else, you know, take a lead, and I'd rather celebrate their success than to be like the, Haha, I did better than you this month. And and I've always kind of been that way. And I and I probably learned that from Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mortgage demand jumps nearly twenty eight percent in one week as interest rates drop to the lowest point in months. Walla walla, that did happen, and people uh, did get excited. I think that uh, rhymes with the start of the year. You know, starts a new year, New Year's resolutions. Let's do it. Get over the hey, the rates are what the rates are. I mean, how many times have we heard? You know, you don't you don't marry a rate, you date it. You know, you you marry a house, and I think people are starting to kind of get into that. We're starting to see that in in houses. Um, we're seeing multiple offers. I mean, it's it's all about inventory, people. I've been saying it forever. Because we don't have inventory. We just don't have it. Yeah. So, and we need it. Especially in the upper bracket. It's crazy. It's yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Is like a lot of times I, I'll do, well, the last couple of weeks here, I've been doing quite a few markets, getting people ready for spring um, selling season. And it's not uncommon at all to have where either there's no, like within a half mile of that house, no other houses for sale, or maybe one or one coming. Um, if you go out a mile, usually I can find one to two, but like back in 2005, I'd find 40. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So there was now, a lot of competition. There's not competition right now. So, you know, the other thing that's happening, I think when you're listing a home and trying to list it, you're looking at, gosh, there's just nothing available, but you're also taking into account that, boy, if we push it too much, people are just going to wait on it. And then if we price it too low, we might not create multiple offers because there's not enough people and we'll sell it for two less. And so where do you end up pricing that house? And I think that's kind of a dilemma that's happening right now. And you see, you see with people with how they're pricing, how they've come up with that. And some are saying, well, geez, there's nothing on. I'm just going to push this price a little. And then it's right. just like, I don't know. It's not quite there yet. 
And maybe that house still sells, but it might not be for about three weeks until they can kind of, well, there's nothing really else coming out. Let's go grab that one. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. And I, you know, and I kind of compare this to like the, I, it seems like everybody's talking about eggs right now with the $4.99 a dozen or whatever. And you, you look at that and you say, Hey, um, I remember when they were, you know, $1.39 a dozen. Now they're $4.99. What happens is let's say that the market is at $4.99 for a dozen eggs and you list yours at $4.50. People, I think in today's market are saying, see, it's starting to head back to $1.39. And it almost puts them in a paralysis position of, I don't know if I want to make my move yet because they might drop down under $4. A, in the meantime, three other people scoop it up. But there's a psychology that we're starting to flip back to what they call a buyer's market. And I'm telling you guys, and I know you know this, Chris, but we're, we're not even close. I mean, it's it's. I don't think you're seeing multiple, multiple offers because there's a lack of consumer confidence. But with the lack of inventory, people basically sit back if they price it fair and they say, I'll wait. I'll, I'm okay. I'll wait for my buyer. Yeah, it's it's fun though. I I this is kind of the stuff that kind of gets me going is that you have to react and and adapt to different markets, yeah. and uh, been doing it my whole life and whole career. And you know you have to jump in and how quick you can do it. It's like when the short sale market happened. You know sometimes you waited too long and you got in at the end. You know the foreclosure market. You got into that. I never got into that. It was kind of like, oh, that's not going to happen. It's not going to last too long. Well, all of a sudden, you've got a pipeline for five years of uh, properties that I wasn't able to go get. So it's uh, it's interesting and in how you adapt and you know and help your clients out the best you can. Yep. So yeah, and it was a little dip. It wasn't a huge dip, but it was a a, a little dip. Um, you know, I do a lot of which is I always kind of put people to the to the lenders and, and let them deal with it because everyone says, Hey, here's what the interest rates are. And I'm telling you, different lenders have different rates, have different programs, have different locks, have different uh, credit scores, have different, uh, you know, how you look as a buyer. And that makes a big difference. I was just, I'm dealing with a, a, a commercial property and uh, I'm trying to get the financing set ahead of time based on how the numbers are on this property. And it was really interesting listening um, to these banks stating that, you know, obviously it depends on what kind of a big thing depends on the relationship they can get with that person. So if they, they have a relationship with the bank, all up putting some money into that bank, a certain amount, um, and how, you know, how established their company is, you know, gets them a lot lower rate. I mean, significantly lower. It was like a, like a percent. Uh, difference so yeah it, it very true yeah yeah so be you know on the rates and stuff like that you got to kind of talk to people who know what the heck they're talking about because uh, there's a lot of little games you can play with those and uh, for your situation you know your situation everyone's situation isn't the same you know my wife she would be the the best best person in the world to have a 30-year mortgage because she'll just stay in that same house forever Myself, well, I'll move. I'll move anytime. Everything's for sale. You know, I don't need a thirty-year mortgage. You know, I probably need a three-month mortgage, and then just kind of keep flipping them. So beautiful. Hey, I got some interesting Minnesota news. Uh, a nice property slash business for sale. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. It's gonna be brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I found Ashley, Ashley Lane Farm. I see this thing. This is look at that. Wow! Come on, that super is, cool. That is the super coolest uh, area in there. Just imagine the cost, Andy, and because Andy's into this, that landscaping alone. Oh yeah, but what a picture-taking 
bonanza there too for those Ooh. people. To totally. I think that that's the, uh, the big thing now is having an event center, having the uh, photo opportunity center, having the reason to go out there because it's seasonally now it's the apple season or it's the grape stomping season or it's the, all of a sudden you create your own little Walt Disney world in the middle of nowhere because you have, you know, the things people are looking for. Yeah. And, you know, Andy, that was pretty cool. Do you know that place? Cause that's up by you, isn't it? I, I, I didn't read. Honestly. Where is it? Nick? Where... Uh, mayor. Mayor. That's out West. Yeah. Out West. It's more out West. Yeah. I have not, I have not had the opportunity, but it sure looks nice. Yeah. Nick, go back to the picture. I want to, I want to, um, I think this is one of those elevators. Now, pull, see that like on the side of the silo. I think that's one of those elevators that they're doing where they uh, like attach it to the outside of the house. Is yeah. that what it is? I would bet it is. I think it to is. Bring up food up to the upper level. Oh no! Oh no! Maybe it's duct work. You can see all that. Uh, that might be a duct. Well, that that would show. That looks like kitchen venting equipment and stuff there. Could be, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't disagree because you can kind of either see the window through there. Or whatever. But anyway, regardless, if it is an elevator dumb waiter, that's nice because then the staff doesn't have to trip going upstairs. They can bring up tray at a time and they can run it and serve it. It's probably faster um for serving because you know that means they're probably having events uh, weddings you know sure. whatever out there yeah so as as far as trying to figure out like uh pricing on something like that that's very hard in which to do um because i think there's a multiple different things i think it said it was on 64 acres and there's obviously a business there um it looks like a home as well i had one listed um boy about five six years ago Super cool guy, great guy. And uh, it was a event center and they had a house and they didn't, you know, when I was going in to be able to listen, it, it never sold, they ended up taking off, selling off some of the land. It was on like 80 acres. Um, but I had to look at it like, okay, what's the potential here? How could we add on to here? Could we make the house kind of more of a bread and breakfast type thing? They yep. would rent the house out sometimes for, for the wedding parties. But you're sure. trying to figure out all these different ways to be able to get this price higher. What's it cost to duplicate that thing? Is there any developable land in that area as well to try to come up with a price? Because I think this one is, what, 5.5 million. Um, you know, that's that almost becomes, I don't think that's a business that's, you know what, we're going to, this is what we're going to live on. And we're going to make it. I think that's a, that's a place where it's something that someone with a lot of money loves and, yeah. uh, and that they have it and they can have their, maybe they can have their um, work parties there. And then the other times, you know, lease it out to different people and or offer it to their different clients and stuff because. Um, well, you know, and if you, if you break it down, I mean, what is, what is 65 acres worth out there? 1.3 million. I mean, that's 23,000 an acre for farmland. That's a lot. Um, Cause who knows if the whack and sack, you know, water sewer is is on its way or close. Number one, number two, you look at the farm in the sense of planting all the apple trees, planting all the vineyards. I'm sure they put a million, million and a half into that. Yeah. So now you're what at what two point five, and then you have the other buildings, facilities. Let's say another million on top of that. So now you're at three point five. Um, so the other million and a half is just for their sweat uh, profit um, potential you income. Know, in yeah, so maybe they're selling that um, property based on a PL state profit and loss statement, um, saying, Hey, we make a million and a half dollars a year times five is this many dollars, and that's what our business is worth. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I you, you were thinking it was kind of overpriced, and I think it's kind of right there. Yeah, I, I don't know until I actually see the numbers that yeah. surround it, but what happens with these types of property? I don't know if I've talked about um, that one Colorado property that it's its own town on 360 yeah. acres that I want to yeah. buy. Yeah. And that's four and a half million. Well, the guy um, that did it had about 14 million into it, ended up selling it for 10 million. Now they're selling it for four and a half million because it's just who's going to buy it. You know, the value is probably there, but who's going to buy it? Now you're getting to a price point that it's like, boy, what about the maintenance of this place? What if I have to redo everything? I mean, now instead of four and a half, it's probably going to go to three million. That thing's still on the market, Andy. I'm still, I'm still going to buy that thing. 
I'm I'm surprised some you know egotistical celebrity didn't go in there and you know name it Rooneyville or something. But it might not be it might not be um, nice enough for them. You know what I mean? They could go buy a, a house on a ski hill for fifteen million instead, and uh, they're in and out. And I don't know. It's it's a very and that and this place is kind of way out way out there. So you almost have to have your own your own helicopter or something. I mean, of course. Well, I think it kind of just if you listen to your what you just said, I mean, it probably is the way everybody will feel. So the business opportunity might be limited. You're going to get the the drive through traffic. You know, the people commuting saying, "Hey, let's go through that town in the middle of nowhere on our way to wherever." Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you'll be a destination. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to create. You got to create that. That's that's what I think would be fun. But we, we got to start. It might be too old. What? We got to get out there and start landscaping. Oh, there we go. We need landscape. It's in a freaking desert. That's where Nick went to college, kind of in that same area. Ever. Yeah. Hey, another Minnesota news. This is going to the Supreme Court. It's about home equity theft. I don't know if you guys have heard about this case yet, but I'm going to share it here. And I want to hear your thoughts. Guaranteed cash offers? No, I think this, I, if I, it's the one I think. That went to the Supreme Court. I think it's the one yep. about property taxes. Yep. Yeah. It was the property taxes. They're basically this lady who owed nothing on her house, um, didn't pay her taxes. She had all these penalties against it. They ended up foreclosing on her, if I recall right. They foreclosed on her, and then she got um, uh, they the city kept all the money. And so they basically said, well, geez, you foreclosed on her for those taxes. And we got this much money and you only sold it for this, but you didn't give her any of the money. I think that's what this one's talking about. But I, when Nick was talking about it, I was like, oh boy, Andy's going to go. Here we go. <laughs> There's another way. I mean, equity scamming is uh, a well, thing you that you talk about a lot. Equity, equity stripping was like a big, like six o'clock news event for years where people would buy the house. We'll pay cash in any condition. And it was a big, now it's like a business practice. That's totally accepted. Uh, we're going to screw to your face, take all your equity to make it easy for you. Well, they were doing the same thing 20 years ago. Just they called it equity stripping and you're on the news with handcuffs. It's all about disclosure. You got to disclose, 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 disclose. And uh, I mean, that's with us, with agents. I mean, we're at a disadvantage from uh, from an agency standpoint because we have to tell people, hey, we're going to get this for a real good price and you should you should definitely sell it. And uh, you'll make more money and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah. say it and re-say it and say it again. So. Yeah, you know, as, as a real estate agent, it's hard to flip houses, you know, unless it's business to business. Because it is our job to say, okay, like in that situation, the little old man or whatever is selling their property. And you need to say, hey, your house is worth 300000 on the you know, street value. I'm improving it, you know, $70,000 to get it to here, I'm basically going to try to make this kind of profit on it. Are you okay with selling it to me at this price? Yep. And so they understand everything. If they understand everything and they're competent, I have no problem with it because you're an adult and you made good or bad decisions your whole life. But if you're not aware of what really is going on, it's kind of like, you know, a, a doctor having uh, the ability to, to go in there and say, you need a procedure, but they're lying to you to get the procedure done because they want the money and nobody can guide that person because you trust that professional. Yeah. And it's kind of that, unfortunately, the same thing. So you got to be, I don't know, I take the fiduciary responsibilities. I know you do, Chris, too, very, like very seriously. And it's almost our job to protect people as much as it is trying to get them convinced to do business with us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Andy, you know, it's social media reacts time. But first, you know, it's brought by Andy Prasky, preferred home team. No ego. Here he goes. Oh, oh, you want me to do it? <laughs> I guess. Let's do it. What 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 is my commercial? Give me three this comments. This is what you this is what you're the best at. Your best Give me three at, your topics. On, your best on your feet, baby. Get her done. You have Let's three go. topics for me to hit. Um, I want to, to talk about uh why right now is the best time to get your house on the market. Boy, what a great topic, Chris. And I'd like to tell you more about this wonderful, wonderful time of the year to sell. So here's the thing, guys. If you think you've missed your opportunity to sell your house, um, you haven't. The equities are still there. The buyers are still there. There are fewer houses for sale than there are buyers, which is putting pressure on the pricing. Um, as rates went up, it scared everybody, and we took a little bit of our, our spending power away. 
but there's still people in every price point looking for houses. There's less of them per se, but they're still there. So it's a great time to sell. More importantly, let's get together, have a consultation on your house. Let's uh, give you some ideas as to things you could do if you want to improve the value of the house or make it sell faster. And then let's talk about, hey, if you want an offer, let's talk about, you know, maybe you don't want to fix it up. Maybe there are some alternatives we can bring you that will bring you a, a nice offer that still gives you your equity and makes a fair deal um, for everybody involved. And we get you moved to the next place. Is that 30 seconds? Andy, are you are you guys willing to be able to purchase properties from people? Yeah. Yep, so am we're, I. We're, we are. It's just, it's, what's funny is that I, I got it all lined up where I'm ready to go. I can purchase properties. I'm, uh, you know, got all the lines of credit, the, all the other stuff we need. And then every time I sit down with people, I obviously convince them that, you know what? Why don't we just give me 30 days to get this thing sold for you? Put another 40 grand in your pocket. And, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a couple of flips going right now. I, I just, I haven't had, um, I just haven't had the opportunities appear. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Fantastic. But there's options. You got to have options. If you give people options, you know, at least then they can decide. Give them the information to make a decision. So. All right. People will pass on a house worth 500000 just because they don't like the $150 light fixture in the half bath downstairs. <laughs> and and the matching uh, quilt on the bed that matches the shades of the window treatments. And it's the craziest thing. People do get the, it's the little things. That's what we were just talking about personal property the other day. And you know what? We're selling houses. We're not selling personal property, but personal property can become just a freaking detriment to a, to a sale. And Chris, it's like, it's like a nice tank top, right? And so you, you go, you might be able to go to Applebee's with a tank top on and it's, and you fit in just fine. But now you go to the nice steakhouse and people are going to be like, what? tank top are you kidding me you should be wearing a collar and a suit and it just doesn't fit in right so it's like the best part was andy was waiting for him to get interrupted here the whole time i don't like i'm waiting no but it's true right i mean it's like in every price range i think it's the real estate agent's job or the consumer's job to research what is expected when I'm in that $500,000 price range? Because I have people who will say, I'm ready to list my house. I want to list it for five fifty, dollars And then as for Micah countertops, and I'm like, guys, hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to remodel, put a little hard uh, surface here, you know, the Cambrias, the granites or whatever, get that hardware updated, get those cheap fixtures out of there. You can buy at Home Depot. People don't want to come through a half million dollar plus house and see the same stuff they just saw on sale at Menards or Home Depot or wherever, right? So they actually want nice stuff in those houses or... What you do is you make sure to have a really nice focal point in that house that distracts people to the point of where they don't notice the other stuff. Yeah, that's, to, it's so true. You have to, you know, um, it has to feel within the house, you know? So if you go absolutely even go overboard one way, it's not going to work because they're going to look at everything else like that's So everything else is cheap. Why did they do that <coughs> nice tile in the half bath? but they've got vinyl everywhere else, you know? So you have to, you kind of got to match what yours is. And that's, I think that's our position to tell people that. Um, and it's like staging 101. Everyone says, oh, stainless steel, hard surface countertops, uh, paint your cabinets white. Not all the time. It doesn't, it doesn't have, that doesn't have to work that way. Sometimes you're just wasting money and throwing money away. We do on our listings, if I recommend the things, and a lot of times people won't do the things because they don't have the money in which to do them. And so on, on my listings, if I go in and I recommend, hey, you should do this, this, and this, because you're going to be able to get more money. If they do those, I will borrow them the money to be able to do that, fix them up. And I get obviously paid back at, at the time of closing. But it's for things that I believe, because I mean, it's my money. And I know you're going to make more money to be able to pay me back, um, you know, for sure. And it's like one of those things that I'm going to do what is right for you, not just kind of overdo it. And then you don't get anything back because now you don't get any referrals or past clients coming back to you. It's mm -hmm. so important to be able to, um, you know, do what's right for that seller. And sometimes doing what's right for them is saving them from themselves. Some people are like, oh, my gosh, I get people doing flip homes that are like, well, I have to replace all the windows. I'm like, 
No, no, you don't. We don't have to do that. I mean, your windows are in pretty good shape, you know, for this market. I mean, I sell them all the time. I know that these windows are going to be fine. Let's put yeah. the money into this instead. And it's, you know, 25% the money and it brings back a return of 300%. So Yeah, we just had a customer that was struggling in the uh, last summer. They had uh, a property that had an actual separate building on site with a rental property on it. And they, they, it was nice, but it wasn't nice enough. And they were getting uh, in, a, in a divorce situation. So they didn't want to pull out any new equity lines together. They didn't want to refinance the house together. So they were tight on cash. We found a company um, that actually came in and provided the funding and they did the work for them, um, got everything done. And then we had an invoice. It increased the property value about 60,000. We spent about 40. Um, to get that 60 and then it literally sold in like two days it was pretty quick so it it um when you do the research when you do the homework when you have the ability to um you know either have a guy like chris or you have a resource um it, i'm telling you it is worth it right now to fix stuff up um people really seem to favor buying a, a home that's ready to to move in versus something that needs a bunch of repairs yeah just because people aren't able to envision People just aren't able to envision. And sometimes it's like, well, let them pick out their own carpet. They can't see past that. And if they want a different carpet, it's still going to be like, well, geez, it's new carpet. We can replace that in five years versus, you know, I know someone else is going to like that carpet. And so it doesn't matter if they like it or not. It matters if other people like it, which will push the person that doesn't like it that, hey, it is new carpet and I've got to go with it. So you, you want to... That's the whole key in real estate is trying to get multiple people to be excited about your house because that's what drives the price. So. True. <laughs> okay. Here we go right here, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what I've been talking about for the last three or four months. And the why I've been telling you to go all in on your business months and months ago. It's because it's it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that this is what was going to happen. And it's going to get a lot worse. This is just the beginning. And all the bears that think it's going to crash worse than 2008, number one, show me some data. But number two, when's it going to happen? You ask them and they're going to say, oh, just that's pretty good, 28%, but just wait, Ricky. It's going to get really, really bad. That's okay. I just got off stage in New York. Every single agent in the audience said that buyer activity is up, multiple offers on properties. Is this surge going to be like the last one? No. It's going to be more like a normal market, but without the inventory. And that's the problem. That's what's really driving this thing. Two things. Demand is continuing to build. Less, less transactions means demand is building, right? And now on the back end of interest rates coming down, which will continue to happen with inflation and inventory dropping, we're going to be in the same boat, the same problems that we had last year and the year before, before the mortgage rate started to come up. So my advice, guys, is the same advice I had for you months ago. Please go all in on the market because this is the most exciting market that we have ever seen. Well, I think that's a little much, but uh, I do agree with a lot of what he said. Yeah, they, they have that. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to go this year. The um, Inman has their big uh, show out in New York City this week. And so, like, he must be obviously a speaker. Goes out there, speaks to the crowd and the audience, and a lot of movers and shakers go out there. One thing that's interesting about Inman is that it, it does show the uh, the different companies that are not normal. So, like, iBuyers, we were learning about those at that show God, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about how this market's going to start happening. And so the insights are there. What, what's interesting is, is that um, everybody's kind of, you know, sitting back waiting to say, hey, should I retire, get out of the business? You know, are we going to survive this? Are we going to what? And then they realize, my gosh, if you have relationships with your past clients, your current clients, where you're helping people, you're going to be just fine. You know, yeah. um, new construction, uh, most of the new construction stuff I've seen has dropped 30 to 50,000 per house. So now they're getting right in line with existing market, which will put pressure on that too. Um, so and Andy, that, Andy, that's not necessarily because builders are just dropping their prices. It's the prices are getting back to being normal from a, uh, product standpoint, the, you know, the I mean, the numbers dropped, way down 40,000 on a house and then the yeah. labor has dropped and then. You know, it's funny, or it's not funny at all. It's actually kind of disturbing in a weird way, but it's like reverse, um, you know, uh, inflation. It's almost deflationary where 
now some of these people from back in June um, got all the way through the summer and they realized, wow, there's an end of the road here and I'm sitting there and there's no work right now. And then, you know, they're trying to move through the inventory. So the front end of the build process guys, the excavators, the concrete people, the framers, they're slow and, and they'll tell you they're slow and they're, they're hoping for some new digs. So anyway, it's uh, it's yay for good pricing. But then again, what'll happen is those people will stop buying trucks. Those people stop going out to dinner. Those people, I mean, so then you're going to start seeing the effects of, of uh, the inflationary markets affecting housing. Yeah. And that might take a year. Yeah. Okay. A year equals one year, a decade, 10, a century, a hundred forever home, historically six to 10 years. (laughs) You got it. And it's usually less than that. But uh, what was it? The old, the old saying was around seven years. Yeah. Uh, And I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a weird one, but um, five, it just depends what stage of life you're in as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting to see, I'm talking to people that have been in their houses for, uh, I mean, between 10 and 20 years that we're going to look to sell now, which is kind of unusual, you know, in, the, in a fast market, yeah. they were two years later, hey, let's go, let's go get something else, you know, so good one. Did you know that 3D models like... Four tips to make your house feel more expensive. One, raise the blinds to the ceiling. Two, using LED lighting. Three, go lower for your sofas. Four, using a statement piece in each room, like pendant lights, artwork, or large plants. Andy, why do you think they say that on the the drapes, bringing them up to the ceiling? Uh, it emphasizes the ceiling height. Makes yeah. them feel taller, bigger, open, you know. It makes your windows feel bigger, too, which they're, yeah. they're not. But, yeah, yeah, that's uh, – I think that's kind of a maybe an easy thing to do. But a lot of these things are not cheap things to do. I mean, if you yeah. got to buy all new drapes or you got to buy a, a smaller couch – or you got to have some electrician come in and add. Well, I was as as they were saying that a lot of the furniture we buy nowadays, we we all get it comes in a box and you, it's assembled or you know or whatever, and the legs are all put on. So it's like you could just take the legs off your couch to drop it again to add that, you know, space uh, illusion. Um, yeah, but you know, I think that to me, like, you know, it a vibe is very important. You know, so when you walk in a house, you feel it or not. Right. So it's like when you walk in sight, sound, smell, um, something visually to look at is important. So a lot of times the view out the back, if you've got a stunning view, making sure the furniture is parted so that somebody can walk right in and actually go look right out the back and take advantage of that view. Um, you know, the, the other thing that you walk in and like, for an example, it's funny. Um, we were when we were down in Naples, we had our friends, they they literally plugged in um, a uh, it's like a maple syrup. Um, plug-in thing and and then we cook bacon with maple the maple smelling bit so all of a sudden every time you'd walk in their house i go waffles and they would laugh at me but it it does make a difference like every time you walk in the house you smell that maple smell um so it is important you know to be aware of of you know and it's not a bad thing i just i thought of breakfast and cozy and maybe that's a good thing right so yeah but on a vacation home, maybe you want to have the smell of tropical flowers or I don't know. You just don't want to have a bad smell. That's number one. Yeah, for sure. yeah right. Yeah. Have the clogged toilet right there at the. <laughs> You've had that at a model home. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. According to the National Association of Realtors, the average agent in 2021 worked 35 hours a week. Are you f- kidding me? That is a joke. Think about this. These people that they want to sell all these houses, hit these big income goals. The average real estate agent didn't even work a 40-hour work week. This tells me two things. One, the agent that's committed to doing the things every day, follows a schedule, treats their business like a business. And I don't care if you're on a team, you're in a brokerage, wherever. It is ownership in your business that matters. If you're not treating your business like a business, 
and putting in the time, you're not going to get the results that you want. I hear so many people bouncing around from brokerages or moving around, and the reality is they're putting in like 25, 30, 35 hours a week. That's a part-time job. Full-time is 40 plus. A business owner knows you put in way more than 40 hours a week. And to see that the average agent worked 35 hours a week in 2021 tells me how ripe for disruption the market's going to be in 2023 and moving forward because those people aren't ready to work. They aren't ready to put the time in. And the folks that are committed are all in, are putting in the time, have their day down into a time block schedule. That's who's going to win. So do you want to? Well, that's a motivational coaching session if I ever saw one. Jeez. I feel I feel offended. 35 hours is a lot. No. I, I would be shit, Chris. <laughs> you spend 35 hours by Tuesday. No way. No way. I work smarter, not harder. No. Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty hard not to. Uh, I mean, to do that. But I'll tell you what. I've never. I've never time blocked my schedule. And they all. Everyone says, "Oh, you got to time block your schedule." I've never done that. You know, obviously, I have appointments and stuff. But uh, mine is. I. I'm a little weirder. No comment, please. But um, I have to kind of like. I gotta be. It comes to me at certain times, and then I have to do it. And that time might be at 10, 10 p.m., and it might be at 3 in the morning. And then I can get my work done. So it's not like, hey, from 8 to 9, I got to make sure this listing gets done and come up with a marketing uh, direction of it. I, I can't do it. It might be at through at dinner and, and then get it done. So yeah, everybody, everybody thinks the uh, AP behind me stands for Andy Prasky. Yeah. It stands for attention problem. Yeah. And uh, I I have to block because if I don't, I literally will set a timer. Yeah. And if I don't set the timer, I don't do it. So like for an example, let's say that you're you're uh, you're working on numbers um, for the team from last quarter. You want to verify who did what, how they did it. You know, just to help you know with the coaching. If I don't block that, that's the like in my head. That's the least important thing to do until it's due. And then it's like then you're scrambling to do it. So I'd rather. I like to go into my day with everything ready. All of my, like you see kind of over this way, all my folders are in line, ready to go for each appointment. Everything's prepared. So I have to block because otherwise I am very much the, oh, wow, look at the snow plows going by. And I'll stand out there and watch them. And I'm like, that'd be cool to have a snow plow. And then I'm Googling snow plows. And then, I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like, then also you get on these, we're all of a sudden you're like two hours later, you're like, what just happened? So, but that also is why I think I'm good with searching for houses. When I, when I get dedicated and I'm looking to find somebody something, I'm like, I dive and dig and go from all different angles to find it. But your personality is your personality. So you got to be aware of who you are, what you are, and adjust your, you know, um, schedule appropriately. Yeah. Well, yeah. Plus, you don't miss anything, right? If you time block and say, hey, tomorrow, I'm going to go digging for gold from 8 in the morning till 10 in the morning, whatever that means to you. And you do it every week. Well, guess what? At the end of the month, you can't, you're not disappointed you didn't do it did it four hours this month and you, you have limited results. Yeah. So. Yeah. Get it. it. It's unfortunate in the real estate industry. Um, if you think it's a part-time job and you actually want to make some money, you're, you're sadly mistaken. It's, it's well over 40 hours. It's probably 60 hours a week. You work on weekends, you work days, you work nights. Um, you just do it. And that's what your life is. But it's also, there's good things too. You know, uh, no one's going to tell me when I can and can not go, to Florida. I can do that. It's going to probably hurt my business if I'm not here, but um, it's, it's just a, it's a job that uh, takes a lot of time. It really does. And you got to be on other people's time. And I think that's what a lot of people can handle is being on other people's time, you know, because you're working all day and someone wants to see houses at night or a great listing comes up on a Sunday and you have to show it. But then you have a new listing that's going to be a real good one. So you do an open house on Saturday and Sunday, and it just goes on and on and on. And so, um, yeah, it's really hard to work 35 hours a week. Well, you know, anybody that knows me personally will laugh. Like I'll show up at a dinner party or, uh, you know, hey, let's get together at pizza and watch the game. And I show up like this and I'm, I'm wearing my, you know, my business kind of stuff because I don't know when I'm not going to be on call. So like I am literally – and that that is probably the the hardest thing for most agents, like you said, as they enter the business. How do you control that? How do you manage your life and the balance of business? 
for me, I, I say this from a, I don't feel like I'm on call. So it doesn't bother me. It may bother the people around me, but I don't mind taking a call saying, Hey, wow, I found this or Holy cows. Let's do that tomorrow. And, and being able to take that call. So it does limit your, your window, but talking about time blocking, if you are, let's say you're going to have, you know, and this is the biggest thing with, with real estate agents, you play hard um, and you work hard or you work hard, then you play hard. So, you know, you're out golfing all day long and you've had your 15 beers, you may not want to pick up the phone. So what I always tell everybody is make a contingency and have somebody else on your team. You, you deserve to have the 15 beers. You worked hard, right? Or whatever you want to call a, a, a fun day on the golf course. But have somebody else that's answering your phone that day for you so that you can actually truly let your hair down and have a good time. Because otherwise, you're kidding yourself. If you think you can do everything all the time for everybody, you'll fail. And it's it's funny how, yeah, how you say that because there's been many times that I, we've gone out and they're like, uh, you're going to have a drink? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not have a drink. I can engage and do all that. But it's like I'm working on an offer right now and I I will not mix alcohol and negotiating or anything like that for a client. It just you just can't do it. And if I if I am doing that, you know, I'll get like Karen to take care of it instead. So it well, very, did, very right. a, simple, a simple text would say, hey, I've been on the golf course today, had a couple extra beers. I'm going to have my partner take care of this tonight. I'll look at it first thing 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have a problem with that. Right. But on the other hand, if you don't, you just have your partner take over because every even the biggest big shot CEO, whatever, has had the good time. Right. Mm -hmm. or, you're, or you're unwinding and, and it, it has to happen. Otherwise, you'd be so wound tight, you'd explode. And yeah. I've seen that happen, too. But I do think it's something funny that uh, some clients don't think we should ever be able to have vacations either. You know, it's like, what, what, what do you mean you're going on vacation? Well, yeah, sometimes you do that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My husband and I are seriously considering buying a modular home. Okay. I would love to hear from anyone, Andy. I would love to hear from Andy, who's familiar with modular homes and the whole modular home process. Andy, they would like to I know think, I think modular homes are fantastic. I, I really do. I think that, especially in the future, we're going to have to change the way we put on our goggles because a lot of people look at that as being lesser of a home. Number one, you're building a house in a completely humidity-controlled environment. They're much more efficient with the way they use their products. So they don't uh, order 12-footers to cut them to 10 and leave a dumpster full of lumber laying there. They actually order exactly what they need. Um, the efficiencies are there. Now, there's limited sometimes on the customization. And there's also sometimes an educational process of, of finding somebody that will do the foundation and then the crane guy that will come in and set the – or gal will set the, the house – and doing all the connections. But I'll tell you what, in the near future, I, I believe with the way people talk about 3D printing, they're talking about having houses sent out in kits, people living in containers, all of those mini houses. If you actually look up that category, it's getting gigantic. Now, the big, the big hurdle, getting the cities to allow them. A lot of cities don't have the right zoning to allow that kind of a house because they don't know what it is. They don't know how to categorize it. So then they just assume they just they just kind of push it off and worry about other things. But it, I think that um, in the future, modular homes will actually be looked at as an advantage, um, especially if they have a great warranty on them. Um, I think to clarify, modular home doesn't mean like a mobile home. It means no. like they're building this house in a factory kind of in typically in two sides and they bring it in and set it on a foundation. Right. Or, or now they're even doing like the main floor or the upper floor. It comes yeah. out in six pieces and it, it's, it's actually a, a cool process. Yeah. I, I think it is. And, you know, think they about do it with wall me. panels too. That's wall another variation of another it. thing. So they can get the houses enclosed faster. So remember this, when you're, when you're thinking about building a house and you start framing your house. And right now we have all of our lumber and all of our exterior products designed to have a 30 day plus exposure rating, meaning it can rain 30 days in a row before any compromising of integrity would happen with any of the products that are out there being rained on. Okay, well, a stud, you take take a two by four and let it get wet for a month and then dry it. Is that stud gonna lay straight, Chris, or is that gonna start spinning? Yeah. It's gonna start spinning. And, and what happens is I find houses that get rained on, all of a sudden they have, I don't understand, there's so many nail pops in my house. Why doesn't your house have a bunch of nail pops on the sheetrock? 100% because the studs aren't trying to twist. 
And so to me, you bring out a modular house that was built in a factory. It's at, you know, 12% moisture in that factory. Everything's tight, done together. They bring it out. They put it together. There's no exposure. There's no moisture challenges. There's no, I mean, man, yeah. I think I could, I think it could be a better product eventually if they'd figure out how to do it. Yep. I'm with you. Boom, boom. All right, let's sell some big boy houses. Yeah. We're going to up the, the price bracket here. Let me flip this on here. Okay. Andy? We're going to uh, get you first. I, I didn't even catch. Are you are you still in Cambodia or are you in Taiwan now? Uh, Thailand. Thailand. Oh, nice. Yeah. I bad. heard the sunsets are beautiful there. Yeah. No, a lot of good vibes. Okay, Andy, let's do it. Put you down this Keep area. Keep going south, you're going to hit my listing. Stone Mill. I know that area. Look at that. Nice house. So you want me to sell this to you? You want me to help you buy it? Or what do you want me to do here? Yeah, for sell this listing. Well, 950000 has become kind of a, a, a normal price in the Woodbury market. I think houses kind of start in the sevens for big two stories. Um, the Stone Mill Farms uh, development is, is very stunning. Nice architectural covenances. Every house has integrity with architecture, quality. There's um, protective covenances too when it comes to um, you know, what you can or cannot do. So there's kind of that, that, uh, safety, um, the, the house itself, I have not looked at, but when I do, I probably will be able to sell it. Um, just tell me what you want, Andy, you want photos or stats? Yeah, let's see. Let's show the inside. There we go. The outside of the house. So nice open floor plan, lots of custom built-ins. A little looks like a creativity there with the kitchen, mixing the, this this is actually becoming very popular where to me now, uh, it looks like they bought an island on sale and had it installed where it had the countertop on it and the, the wood species. And then they have a different colored uh, you know, countertop, but that's the style. So um, I guess that's cool. Um, but to me, I, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful side-by-side -side kitchen. That's a fun feature too. That's uh, for a lot of uh, builders. Um, the island um, sink is popular. The vented hood is very cool. Um, yeah. Nice wood floors, looks like. Engineered wood floors. Lots of light, lots of windows. Looks like a homework cubby for the kids. Nice laundry room with plenty of cabinets, countertops to fold all your stuff. Um, interesting uh, wall there where they have an actual textured wall brought in and painted just for a visual um, you know, highlight. Tray vault ceiling. Fan, I would have updated the fan a little bit, but nice bathroom there. Granite tops. Um, looks like a nice tile floor, walk-in shower, um, big soaker tub, separate toilet room. Looks nice. Kids' rooms are, are kids' rooms, so you see the slat wall there. Um, looks like a Jack and Jill style bathroom, so you can walk through. Looks like two sinks and then the are shared between there. Another very busy room. See, now these, and, and uh, honestly, these are rooms where I would have took these kids and said, all right, sorry, you're going to desensitize all this, but that's me. I'm still trying to sell this. See how you can personalize your bedroom to make it yours? Yeah. Let me tell you something. Whoever let them take pictures of this house should be, uh, if that was you, Andy, if you're the realtor, yours should be in real big trouble. No way. You I would have been just, the bad cop. I See, now, how like that? Yeah. This is where this is where if you hear Andy Prasky say to you, you know, we should bring the stagers through. That's me not having the guts to tell you what I really want to tell you. Yeah. And I'll pay the 400 bucks to have a stager come through and tell you. And I'll give them a list of I need you to hit these things for me on top yeah. of your own impression. You know, yeah, you, you, you can't do that. I mean, number one, the house is not going to sell because you haven't. Or, or it's not going to sell for what the seller wants it because he's looking at the one down the street. I mean, that thing is what? Five bedroom, four bath, 4,600 square feet in stone mill. That's a nice house, but yeah. it's not going to sell for that because of all the stuff. I mean, did you see the laundry room, the laundry room, that, that little closet or that little desk in the hallway. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. They need to do something else. Did you see the front picture? Uh, Nick turned off my, uh, my uh, volume and oh. uh, they had all the, look at all the flags in the front yard. I mean, you can't do that. That, That's not yeah, how you, they could definitely have a better picture without a car in the driveway, without the yeah. grill in the front, yeah. or whatever that is. That's a beautiful home. 
the holiday stuff one. is on there. It shows you that it's over a month old. So to me, I'm very sensitive to a lot of this stuff when we have listings um, because those subtleties are the things I pick up on. Like, oh, look here, they've got the Halloween decorations out and it's grass. Well, you know, they were thinking about selling this in October. And they still haven't sold it yet. So it, it, you're, you're helping the other side of the transaction have more leverage on you knowing your situation. So you want to be relevant, fresh, recent, current, whatever you want to call it. How we live and how we sell are two different things. Just yeah. fact. I mean, if you want to get the most amount of money and you're yeah, not you on teenagers 300 of feet house. of Lakeshore right there. What's that? You want to get those teenagers out of that house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And there I is a lot of stuff. I didn't see the aerials though. Oh, here's, oh, you bear path. That's easy. That's easy. Bear path. There's lots of growling that happens there. But I, um, I don't think it's cool. You know how they out in South Dakota have that you can feed the bears, the marshmallows? I think that's kind of the cool part about bear path, but also scary. That they have bears just running around. On the path. Yeah. On the, I mean, they, yeah. They walk the paths. Exactly. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Yeah. My bad. Wanna... over in Thailand. Did you want to finish that up, or I was going to move on to the next? Is the time? He's done. Me, oh, I'm done. I, let, you, let me you talk. Cut me off. You already cut me off on my bear path here. So sure. bear path, four bedroom, five bath, almost six thousand square feet. Now this one's built in '94. Bear path is a premier golf community uh, in Eden Prairie, kind of on the the western uh, side. Looks like we got main floor bedroom here, really open floor plan. In the cool thing about Bear Path, there there was a, a down market in Bear Path that would that kind of crushed it really, and um, to get into it for 1.3 now and be able to kind of put your touches on the inside of it is uh, is well worth the money. If it hasn't had uh, the stucco problem, because a lot of them did in there, there were a lot of them were uh, kind of redone. That happened in the wilds too, um, and it kind of was in that era of the, that time being built. And so making sure that the moisture, I'm saying that it's already been tested. We don't have a problem with that. But you're in the exclusive community, getting into the bear path for only $275 a month on a homeowner's association. And uh, I, don't, I wouldn't believe this one backs up to the course because um, usually those are a lot more expensive. But it's in the, it's in the same community, um, right? It, Looks it's like not. It is. Oh, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to see an aerial view of it, but anyways. Um, oh, back to, to water too. Look at that. Look at the size of that Rambler, Andy. I mean, that might, oh, there's the clubhouse. Right the clubhouse the water. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. I think we should buy it. Yeah. I don't, this one doesn't look too bad. Keep going through these photos. I would, you know, I would be trying to talk uh, a client in to see, to see the value that you have here, you've got 6,000 square feet that you could redo. Sometimes people look at these uh, floors and automatically think like, oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're outdated. Now remember, you can, I hope they're real floors, but you can sand those into a natural matte finish, totally changes the whole vibe and feel. And then maybe you can um, kind of do some, uh, I, to me, I would uh, take that carpet out and kind of finger joint those floors back in, remove those, uh, valances there on the windows because look at that view out the back it's beautiful and no one's going to be peeking through there you want that wide open when you walk in into oh, yeah. the house and uninterrupted so i don't know i think it could be a, what do you think about the uh the white and kind of cherry uh railings and the archways see to me like i've seems like every house that i work on now we're almost trying to avoid getting the, i don't know why but like everyone wants to take arches out and they're trying to take out mm -hmm. the you know, the yeah the cleaner lines kind of looking. Yeah, cleaner lines. And typically they were just framed in. I mean, it's pretty easy in which to be able to do that. Andy's saying that, you know, you've got a, a rounded um, area. You could just kind of make it flat, actually bring it up on both sides. Because at the highest point is where it's framed from. So you can bring it all up, kind of be able to get height in there. But I just think that would be a, a fantastic buy for someone. I don't know how long it's been it on the market. price rate, yeah. Yeah, so. God, I was kitchens, showing condos not that long. The kitchen's a little closed in. I think I might, yeah, I might invest in this kitchen to open it up a little. Feels like it's just a little closed in um, from the rest of the house. The white microwave has to go too. Yeah, the white, white appliances. Isn't that funny though? That's a $1.2 million let's get started project. Yeah. 
It really is. Cool. But it looks it looks livable too. Like no like no problem. You can move in and have no problem with it. So. Beautiful. Hey, another great show. Make sure to give us a like on the Facebook, uh, write us reviews on iTunes, Spotify, and subscribe on YouTube. We're actually starting to get some views on YouTube. It's it's creeping nice. up. Um, but we're going to put our link tree here. Just click that link and all our links. Everyone's website is in it. And uh, have a great day. See you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.